That's right, you're checking out the No Red Cards Podcast. My name is Roger Sosa. You got my man, Manny B. What's up, Manny? Number three, man. I, I can't believe it's three already. It's gone by pretty quick. Yep, and yep. I, we've had a lot of fun. The first two podcasts learning about Kevin Salazar. Correct. Juan Martinez, DKSC, and yep. things that, man, I just really didn't think how humble these guys were right. in regards to youth soccer. Yeah, man, I had a... Great feedback, you know, from Kevin, from dudes all the way from California that were talking about, man, you know what, man? I used to not like that dude. But after hearing the podcast, I have much respect for that guy because a lot of similarities in the grind that they do mm-hmm. on the pitch and off the pitch, you know, to get to where they're at. So a lot of great feedback, you know, and then obviously with, you know, with Juan and, you know, the DKSC, the transitions of the coaches and all that, you know, of people can assume, right? North Texas, just youth soccer. There's a lot of assumptions out there. That's why there's a lot of drama and, you know, every week in and out, you know, on the pitch with the parents, with the coaches and all that, because everybody, because of social media, it just makes it a lot that much bigger. But when you have them here, and they actually tell their side, it's like, oh, okay, cool, you know, I mean, and, you know, where Juan comes from, you know, as far as coach and, you know, from where he started, some great stories, man, just the, the, to see these guys, seeing somebody like Juan, where he started and where he's at now today, you know, and then Kevin continuing, you know, being so young, continuing to create the teams that he does and, you know, being part of one of the biggest clubs, you know, in the nation. So it's just great, man. Yeah, no, it really is because you see those, those social media posts like, hey, right. These coaches left this team. It's like, oh, here's here, where's the drama? What's going on? Right. Is it political? Is it internal? You know, it's just like, no. I mean, some of these coaches are just looking for the best opportunity for them. Right. Some may be looking at another, you know, another route is maybe more money or whatever it is. Right. But you know, we do get it, right? Now, unfortunately, it's it sucks for a club because they built that team right they built a reputation they they those coaches invested the time the club yeah. invested those time and then they leave it's like what the hell yeah for sure you man. Know, that, that does suck and then it's the social media pages that you know over elaborate on what's really going on is there really drama in the club no yeah. there's not you know those coaches just looking out for themselves and and the club after those coaches leave those those clubs need to just move on yeah I mean, and that's what the show's about. That's what No Red Cards podcast is about, you know, to, to get it out in the open and give these coaches that platform to tell their side of the story, right? And I think both of these coaches that have come be part of the show has opened up, has closed the doors on those assumptions, right? right? Of who Kevin is and what's going on at DKSC with what they have going on and whatnot, you know? So it's it's great, man. Just the feedback that we've been getting, you know? So thank you all for uh, sharing the podcast and talking about it and letting other coaches, letting other managers, parents know about it. Because, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a great thing. Yeah, and, that, and, that, and I think that was the important thing that we did when we started this podcast, when we, we talked about it, you know, way back, like, hey, man, we need to, there's need to be a platform for the youth system right and for parents that are unaware of what's going on right you know and for parents to understand what's going on with the coaches yep you know are those guys really cocky are those guys really arrogant are those no those guys are just yeah positive and proud to have a you know a team that's competitive and and it's not just that man i've heard from dads too you know i mean there's a lot of dads like yourself that have kids in select right and just before one of those episodes 
one of the dads that I've known for a long time, he has this kid in select soccer and he had a question for me. And I told him, you know what, bro? The question you just asked me, you need to check out. I'm not just pushing the podcast on you, right. but you need to check it out. And he wrote me back. He's like, bro, he goes, it's great to hear somebody like Kevin because you hear so much about him and the teams that he builds. Now it's good to know. He goes, thank you for you know putting me on it. So it's just it's just amazing, man, that these first two shows, what they've done and uh, how much people are talking about it. And like you said, man, it was just one. We we're having beers at a bar uh, between another friend. You know, we we're just catching up. And just the conversation, you know what? We should do a podcast like this. And I'm like, all right, cool. But here we are, man. Episode three. Yeah, episode three. <laughs> and then for those of you guys who are listening, hey, man, send us a question. You got the social media pages right. that you guys can can right. uh, reach us at. Because I know there's I know there's parents that you out there like myself. You know, my son plays youth uh, soccer in, for Youth Academy here locally. And those are questions I ask. I always ask myself, am I at the right club? Right. Do I have the right coach? Correct. You know, do I need to go visit a Texans? Do I need to go visit a Solar? Do I need to go visit an FC Dallas? Yep. Right? Yep. But then Kevin Salazar explained it to me clearly. Right. It's all about the kid having fun with his friends. Right. And if they're jailing together, why pull a kid away from that? Because a lot of parents go chase the trophies, man. Exactly. They forget about... What, why they're there to develop their kid. Right. They start chasing trophies. They charge, start chasing wins and they don't trust the process. And Kevin said that himself. You've got to trust the process. Right. And a lot of these parents don't. And that's where the drama comes. You know, I mean, they, they try to leave teams in the middle of the season or, oh, we suck. We're not winning. I'm taking my kid out of here. It's like, wait, it's not always about winning. You know, you got to teach your kids that it's okay to lose. Yeah. That's where you learn from your mistakes, right? But- I don't know, man. It's just unbelievable how you see these parents. Uh, you and I have had these conversations. Yeah. You know, I told you when the the club that you went to, I'm like, man, just trust the process, man. Just trust the process. Right. You know, and you, you guys are a good team now, you know, because you trusted the process. That's true. You know, so yeah. it's just a lot of teams, you know, a lot of parents, you know, but like Manny said, you know, shoot us an email. You know, you can always reach us at no red cards podcast at Gmail, um, obviously on Twitter and Instagram, no red cards the number 10, uh, follow us, like us, you know, and, uh, whatever questions you guys have or any coaches out there want to be a guest. I mean, even, I mean, we've got all sorts of things lined up for the podcast. We're going to be talking to parents of, you know, from international players, uh, what they went through, uh, in the youth soccer to get to their kids, what they did to support their kids to get to that international level. So we've got some of those parents that we're going to be getting on the show to come join us and not just any, players moms dads you know we're gonna get some good uh, some of those parents to let us know how the development part right what did you how many teams did you leave did you have to go through 10 clubs to get your son and we got we're gonna hear it straight from them right so and we've got all sorts of directors lined up you know from different clubs yeah. we're gonna reach out to our friends out there in california all the way to florida we're gonna go from across the nation and see how it is how soccer is in florida how soccer you soccer is in california and i would tell you man i've spent some time in california bro 
It's it, it, you think it's the Wild Wild West here in North Texas, man. Like California has their own versions of Kevin Salazar's. They do, and I'm cool with those guys. And he mentioned it, one of those guys in the thing, and he's ready to go, man. And I've got other buddies, you know, my buddy in Florida, other buddies out there that are ready to go. So you guys, you know, just keep showing us the love and keep going, and we, you know, we're gonna try to do the best that we can and try to bring. A, all the things that are going on in youth soccer, not just in North Texas, but all around the country. Yeah, so this, this is episode three for you guys, Daniel. Thank you, my, thank you guys so much for joining us. And every week we want to have a special guest for you guys. Right. Whether it's a coach, whether it's a, a player, it's somebody that's going to help you understand about the youth organization and youth academies and how to get your kid or a kid in the right path. Right. This week, unfortunately... We had a coach with bad weather that couldn't make it. So I said, man, spend, you know what? It's Roger, come on. Let's just do it. We'll put you in the hot seat and we'll we'll talk about. That's new to me, bro. (laughs) Is it? (laughs) Yes. And and we'll just talk a little youth soccer. And basically, because if you guys don't know, I have a 20, uh, my 23 year old uh, son plays uh, uh, college soccer up in Sonoma State. And. I remember one of the first tournaments he entered was a, a t- tournament you started, which yeah. was next gen. And I think, how long ago was that? Well, he was, was that, was that next gen? What no, was that? it was uh, Copa ESPN. Copa ESPN. Yes. He was like 12, 13 years yes, old. Yes, that was Copa ESPN. And you're like, yeah, we bring, we got some, you know, we got some, uh, for that age bracket, you had some openings and we're like, yeah, let's do it. Right. And I think at that time it was like Mansfield FC was he was playing for because okay. Fort Worth. But uh, that was one of the first tournaments we entered with you, but I remember before because we go way back in radio. Right. You know, back over 20 years ago. Correct. And I've always meant to ask, how the hell did you get into that? Because we, we did some baseball together. Right. I knew you were a huge baseball fan. You yeah. and your dad, you know? Yeah. You guys loved it. Yeah. How the hell did you end up in the soccer uh, side of the, the thing? Um, big baseball guy. I played competitive baseball all my life. I mean, you know, you played... Um, on the teams that my dad would have. Um, we had fun, right? You know, I mean, it was what we talked about, having fun. Yeah. And um, ESPN, uh, you know, from the music side, from being DJ, um, making music and all that stuff, uh, creating your own brand as a DJ. Um, and then it got to the point to, at ESPN, um, the bosses asked, uh, we need an event because I was the marketing promotions manager for ESPN Deportes, the Spanish side. Right. Um, And they asked for an event. And I was like, damn, you know, I'm a baseball guy. I've always liked soccer. I've always liked soccer, but preferably, you know, play baseball, you know, because I played BBI. You know, I played with Roger Staubach sons, with all the Jesuit, you know, St. Rita, St. Mark's kids. Not because my parents had the money. I was that only Hispanic Mexican kid on an all white boy team, you know, I, I barely knew how to speak English because it took me all the way to the sixth grade to learn the language, you know, uh, but getting to the ESPN side, when they asked for that tournament, you know, they, they didn't ask for a tournament. They just asked for something in an event. And I was like, damn, what do Hispanics like? Boxing and soccer here in the area, DFW area. Baseball is not really that big. It's soccer or boxing. I had no idea about boxing. Uh, I knew about soccer because I played for it a little bit. But because baseball and soccer collided, I chose baseball over soccer. But 
in boxing. Yeah, there's a lot of boxing gyms around here in the area too, but it's like with anything, right? There's a lot of politics behind it. So I really didn't know anybody on the politics on, you know, to get me inside, met a couple of dudes, but it just didn't go well. And I went back to management and said, soccer. Okay. What about it? Let's do a tournament. Okay. We'll support you. So went to, you know, I didn't know anybody in the soccer world. You know, I had met this one gentleman because the hosts uh, on ESPN Deportes were local. So they kind of gave me some leads. Call this guy, call that guy, call that guy. So everybody that's in sales, you know that famous word when you first get in sales, cold calling, cold calling, cold calling. That's what I did. Um, and uh, just started calling around town. Um, met this guy and it, it, it wasn't competitive. It was just a league that he had a bunch of teams. He had the biggest, uh, what you call scrappy leagues. It wasn't a competitive league. All the Hispanic teams. I mean, he had over 200 teams in that league. And I was like, okay, great start. Talk to him, whatnot, pushed it. But it just didn't get, I struggled to get 32 teams, man. 32, I struggled to get 32 How teams. How many age brackets did you start off with? Man, it was just basically like three three age brackets and I struggled. I really struggled. Um, and, um, was it a failure the first year? Absolutely. It was, it was just because of the fact that the expectations were high and, you know, in radio, they go off and salespeople go sell the packages. It's like, okay, you know, he's creating a soccer tournament. Let's go sell it. It's going to be huge. It's going to be the community. It's going to be this and that. And it was for the community, right? It was the community, you know, for the inner cities. That's what the intention, the purpose was. My whole idea was, okay, let's bring all these leagues, these Hispanic leagues. I've got these big four letters behind me. Let's go ahead and, you know, do it, right? You know, so we did. And Which is ESPN, right? Right, ESPN. Right. And I thought it was on an AM signal. We were on an AM signal. So the strength wasn't that, you know, the range wasn't that far um and this was at 1540 right yeah yes you know so that's before like really social media was really big because you're talking about god you're talking over 12 years ago uh when copa espn my espn days and social media wasn't really that big it was Mm -hmm. out but it wasn't as huge as it is today so to get the word out there we had to rely on the signal uh the first year i didn't get the 32 teams but we got teams. Uh, second year, I learned from the first year. And I'm like, you know what? It's marketing 101 time. Shake hands, kiss babies, right? Grassroots. So I started going out to these fields, to Oak Cliff, to Pleasant Grove, to Mesquite, to all these leagues, shaking hands, meeting some of these coaches and inviting them out that we're having this tournament. You know, because I, didn't, I felt that um, the radio wasn't doing it. The, the range is an AM signal because we come from the FM side, right? you know, from the big bad boys, from being right. on the radio if side. If you're announcing the club on Friday night, it's, it's going to be packed. Right, right. So, you know, it's like AM and I just didn't feel like it was doing good. And, you know, year two, um, I was able to pull more teams um, and uh, it was starting to grow. Uh, but it was unsanctioned. Uh, the league, the, the tournament was not sanctioned. So you say sanctioned, I mean, to cut you off, but why is that such a key word? It is and it isn't, you know, I mean, it, it makes, 
it legitimizes the tournament. It validates the tournament. Um, it you, does it validate because there's a Texans or a Stings or a yes FC and no. Dallas? Yes and no. If you, I believe if you build a good enough brand, a good enough tournament, they will come. But back then, it, it, it just, I was learning. Back then, everybody's like, oh, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I'm like, holy shit. Got to do all this to do a tournament. Right. So I had to learn. You does, know what I'm saying? Sorry. Does sanction mean paying a certain group? Correct. Correct. You got to pay. Uh, and it's not a lot of money. You just got to pay a sanctioning fee. And all it really does is you put the rules. They give you, wink, wink, insurance uh, uh, for the players. or But it doesn't cover your event insurance. For example, if somebody gets hurt in the field uh, you know outside of the pitch in the parking oh, lot okay, right gotcha. you know so that's why if you do events because of the experience i have you get cois out right you know to cover your events and most of these parks most of these cities when you're going to do a massive event they require a coi for you to get insurance and event insurance right um so sanctioning now years later now it's is it important mm, depends who you ask but it makes a lot of these clubs feel safe because now Go back to Kevin. He does leagues, right? He does leagues. He doesn't sanction them. And he gets highly competitive teams to play in his league. You know, so it's like, let's go. It continues the development of the kids. So that's why they do it, right? But, you know, sanction is, is you do pay a fee. Um, but those sanctioned teams are going to put you on like a North Texas soccer feed. Like, hey, here's all the big tournaments coming up. It's going to put you on a feed, right? Like on a calendar feed, I'm assuming? Yes. It gets you on their calendar officially uh, because I got to write the rules and they got to approve the rules. Gotcha. Right? So they got to approve everything. I got to fill out a form, what kind of teams are playing in the tournament, what age groups, is there prizes, is there uh, bonds, is there all that stuff? You know, you've got North Texas and you've got U.S. soccer. Uh, you know, so it just depends um, who you use. So, you know, we go off to the second year. It was a little bit successful. I didn't struggle for the 32 teams. Um, then the third year. Um, that's when I got a shout out to uh, Jesse Suarez, FC Dallas, who's still at FC Dallas. And he's the first coach that brought his competitive teams from FC Dallas. And back then, Jesse Suarez had the strongest teams back then. And... Um, once he brought teams, then another coach I got a shout out to was Sal Adames when he was at Dallas Texans. He then started bringing his teams, which back then he had the strongest boys teams as well. But those teams are playing competitive teams from the south side, right? From Oak Cliff and South Dallas. and No, these Fort are Worth. classic teams. Oh, okay. These are classic teams playing against the scrappy league teams, the Correct. inner city teams right. at my tournament at Copa ESPN. Right. Which was unheard of because these leagues have been around forever. So this gave the teams like, I don't know, FC, whatever, the opportunity to go up front to compete with an FC Dallas. Correct. I was given, uh, that's, that's, the, right? that's the illusion I was selling to these teams. Like, you're gonna, I'm going to get you to play against the bigger clubs, right? So from there, man, it just completely, from there, the rest was history. The tournament really started growing, and that's where a lot of, um, let's call them haters, <laughs> that's when they just started 
you know, saying, oh, that tournament's not even sanctioned, this and this and that. They just started talking bad about the tournament, Copa ESPN. So I was like, man, okay. And so I had to deal with that then, right, of these people, the political. And that's when I started finding out how brutal North Texas is when it comes down to youth soccer. So they, they made it challenging. I thought I already had my challenges with getting teams. But that's when I saw the vision. That's when I really saw the vision. I'm like, you know what? I, we're starting to attract competitive teams, the select teams. And these coaches that are bringing these teams, they're telling me, Roger, where are you finding these teams? They've got some great, great talent. Like these kids can ball. Raw talent, diamonds in the roughs, what a lot of coaches call diamonds in the roughs. And that's when I saw the vision. I'm like, damn, what if I build a bridge, a pathway, and get these more of these inner city teams and more club teams and for these guys to scout them, scholarship them, offer them to go play for the big club, you know? And that's where you see a lot of these coaches until to this day. We heard, Kevin, about you asked a question about taking players, taking my players. Well, a lot of these inner city coaches then stopped playing in the tournament in Copa ESPN because now the FC Dallas's, the Dallas Texans, you know, and these bigger clubs were playing in Copa ESPN and they were offering these kids an opportunity to play at a bigger level, higher level. So most of these inner city teams, mostly 95% of them are dads off the couch coaching these kids right or just being there for these kids but they were not liking that they were taking their players because guess what their trophy case was getting smaller and smaller because these bigger clubs were offering scholarships and taking them over there but again to give them a bigger better opportunity so those teams started dropping off and here's something else that people don't know two people's names don and monty who, uh, may she rest in peace, Don, um, those were the founders of uh, Unity. They started coming after, they, they wanted to sit down with me and talk because that's when they were first starting out, Unity. And they, I had lunch a couple of times with them. They wanted to be part of Copa ESPN because they saw what I was doing because they were launching at the same time. And they saw what I was doing with ESPN and Copa ESPN, because at that time, because we were owned by Disney, we were actually sending our U14 champions to Florida with hotel and uh, Disney park passes. All the team was responsible for was their flights, but we provided the hotels, we provided the passes, they, they passes for them to go to play at the Disney Cup International, right? you know, to play against teams from around the world. Would that be the equivalent to the Dallas Cup? No, no. Because Disney, they, they, they have tried. They tried to get it at that level, but they, they just couldn't because it was, you're going to Disney, bro. You know, these kids are going to Disney to go see Mickey Mouse. Yeah. You know, so the, the focus isn't there. But the champion, we did it for three years, and it was always Jesse Suarez. His team would always win it. Like, oh, so oh, several Dallas yes. teams won that. Wow. Right, FC Dallas. So that's when I met a kid. You might have heard of him that played in Copa ESPN. Goes by Weston McKinney. 
Weston McKinney. Wow. Yes, he played at Copa ESPN. He was Leeds now. Yes, he. You know where, you know where Weston McKinney is? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so yes, his many son is here. So he was twelve years old playing with the fourteen-year-olds. You know, wow, that yes, age cap? yes, a, a little guy. But I saw him play. He was a monster, man. He was a monster, and uh, you know, I just he. Of seeing players like that, I mean, you've had other players that played in Copa ESPN that are now playing professionally, that are now international players. So, again, that opened the thing for me again, the vision. But going back to the Montine and Don, so they started seeing what we were doing, right? They liked what we were doing. So, I I had a couple of meetings with them. They wanted to jump on board and be part of what we had going on. And uh, at that time, I was like, no, I think I got it. What were they offering exactly? I mean, they were just trying to, to help me them? because apparently they were doing the same thing and they had a connection with more select teams, more competitive teams. <clears throat> but, it, but, but in my mind, I was like, I'm already getting the select teams. I'm already getting the select teams. You know, I'm getting the Hispanic coaches, uh, the Latino coaches supporting the movement over here, right? Right. And I was just like, mm, I, I, you know, I was being very protective at the time. They were great people. I have nothing to say about bad uh, 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 to say about them. Um, and then Copa ESPN was getting to the level where I had to bring in, like, I had to get sanctioned. Uh, I had to bring in help scheduler. I had to bring in like. A, a legit ref assigner. I had to bring in legit refs because all these teams, all of a sudden, we're getting to 96 to 100 and something teams. And most of them were competitive teams now because they're like, okay, he's playing, he's playing, he's playing. And here I am making friends and in the select world. And it was coming to find out, again, our radio history, most of these coaches were my age and are my age or about five, six years younger. Right. Guess what? I mean, because of Kano and because of Wild 100, Hot 100, KDL, Casa, Kiss FM, all those radio stations that I've been a DJ at, they've heard me mix or they've been to the club. So the connection was there. Like, yeah, bro, I used to jam out to you. Bye-bye. I'm like, ah, cool, you coach. So that Wait a minute, you're DJ Spin? Is that <laughs> Shut <saying>? up. <laughs> you know, so that, that's my alter ego, bro. I try, I try not to bring him out. You know, so, but yes. So they, they came... Um, we had that conversation and later on, later on down the road, uh, ESPN decided to sell off its, uh, the O and O. Um, and you know, you were, you were there uh, yeah. with me for a little bit and, um, I'm, and I'm, I have to tell this part of the story. So I was then being very selective with Copa ESPN. I wanted to create a competitive tournament. What I mean by that? I just didn't, I wasn't letting just any team come on board anymore. And I, I still follow that rule till today with next gen. Because I got to look out for the better interest of the competitor. I got to have that competition. If you're coming out from out of town, because I started attracting teams from Monterrey, from Mexico, El Paso, McAllen, Houston, that were coming to play at Copa ESPN. So these people are spending money. I got to have that competition there for them because it costs you as a select parent, it costs money yeah. and it's not cheap to play in these tournaments or to go travel. So I had to, you know, get that. So I started being real selective 
And there was this one team that I just wouldn't let in. It was an FC Dallas team. And it was one of their, you know, silver teams. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. They, it's one of the lower, lower, lower tier teams for FC Dallas. I'm not going to let them play. Because the company was like, money, money, money. We got to accept every team. Accept, accept, accept. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Because you accept. I mean, no, nothing against other tournaments. That's what they do. That's what the business that they're in. And, and I'm, I'm not talking bad about that. So I didn't accept this one team. My upper management, vice president of ESPN locally, and my boss, like, you got to let this team in. Was that Frank Carter at the time? No, no, no. That's, I, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. <laughs> okay. This was, this was still, uh, you know, everybody else. Uh, oh, oh, yes. For those children, this is not, you know, prep. I mean, we're just going on the fly <laughs> right. here. So. Right, but you asked the question, right? And right. I got to tell the story. You know, you asked me, how how I'm at, you know, I just want people to know the the, the adversity that's there, the, 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 the bullshit you got to go through. Yeah. So my upper management is telling me, you got to take this team. This is a partner of ours. And I'm like, basically, I don't give a shit. Right. I'm not going to lower. I'm growing this tournament. That and this, gonna, that team's going to come in and just get blown out. Right. This, this tournament is grown. Yeah. My mission now is to put, create, one of the biggest tournaments here in Dallas, Fort Worth. But you got to accept them. No, I'm not going to accept them. <laughs> okay. Little did I know, they sell the property to a private company, which is your boy Frank Carter comes in, since you already name dropped him. I wasn't going to name any names, <laughs> but you already named dropped him. He came in with a money person that bought the 1540 side, you know, which is a private right. company. Boom. They're interviewing. The new owners are interviewing everybody. It's my time. And at this time, Copa ESPN is thriving. It's about to really take off. Walk in. The new owner's like, ah, oh, the guy I've been wanting to talk to. Remember that FC Dallas team you didn't take? That was my son's team. <laughs> and guess what, Roger? That's going to stop. You're going to start taking every single team. We're here to make money. So now your job is to take every single team. And I knew my job was on the line. And I said, I'm not going to do it. What do you mean you're not going to do it? I'm not going to do it. That's not what this tournament. I go, you do it that way, it's going to fail. It's going to bomb. It's really going to tank. Don't care. We want the registrations, you're taking everybody and everything. Not going to do it. So I, you know, for the, you've known me for a long time and my business partners know when, when I don't give a shit and my passion isn't there, I'm not going to give you 110% because I believed in it. As a parent side, it's like, man, I want my team, my kid's team to be in that tournament, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they want to try to compete with the top level, but... It's also, you know, I see your point. Also, it's like, well, these kids got to earn it. Correct. You know, if you're not, uh, if that team is not producing, you know, you can't get to that level unless you're really, as a team, working together, you know, as a team, as a coach, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's the goal yeah. to be in these tournaments. For a lot of the youth academies here locally, it's Surf Cup in San Diego. Right. And when I've seen Next Gen go over the years, it's like, well, why do I? That's to me, that's the Surf Cup of North Texas. It's Next Gen. I appreciate it. You know, it, it is because 
you are getting teams from California. Mm-hmm. You're getting teams from Mexico. You're getting teams from Florida. Right. You know, from around the state. And they're, you're getting the top teams to come play. And that's why, that's what needs, it's needed locally. Because right? you got to drive all the way to the West Coast. You got to fly to the West Coast. It's right here in the center of North Texas. Yeah. And North Texas is, produces some, some great talent. Right. But when you started Copa ESPN, and you had you and the U90s were there, right? And the other soccer tournaments, the Dallas Cup. What made you say, "This is why I want to be unique. And this is why I want to be different." When they fired me. Oh wow! When they fired me, uh, when they fired me, um, I wouldn't give up the codes. I wouldn't give up the the passes. This is something I created, man. This is something that I worked my ass off yeah. for four years, five years. That I what the cliche blood tears and sweat that I really busted my ass off and for these guys to just come in and take that away from me and not respect on what I was trying to build uh they were money hungry uh that's all they wanted that's all money signs were in their thing and in their mind and I wasn't about that I was about the community I was about continuing to see these kids develop to grow to be one day professionals and there you go, Weston McKinney, you know, uh, stories like that, you know, uh, Ferreira played in the tournament, you know, you've got these professionals that are now playing profession that played in that tournament. And that's when I was like, cool, I didn't give it up. And they let me go. Um, and from there, uh, it took them two years to tank Copa ESPN. They literally tanked that tournament. Uh, they took it to the ground. Um, and I'm not going to say they went, they ended up hiring United, uh, Don and Monty. And I'm not saying anything bad about them because I'm sure because of management, their way they wanted to strategize, the way they wanted to run it, the way their mentality, where their mentality was, I think that's what really drove it to the ground. I mean, you, you know, if you have bad leaders in, they'll drive it. I don't care if you're a million dollar business. I don't care if you've made a million dollars, if you're a millionaire. There's a way, a certain way of doing things, uh, you know, stick with what you know. Uh, but I called it, said, you go about that route, you're going to run this tournament to the ground. Um, and it took just that. Um, it, it, they got rid of it. They tried to run it. They tried to take it across the country. And I was off doing my, I was at my next venture, which was Univision. Copa Univision, right? Well, we remember nationally, we, we locally we didn't have anything to do with it. I tried yeah. to get myself, I tried to get myself in it, but again, no respect, you know. They, did, so when did Next Gen come in? Next Gen came in. Actually, it was. Uh, I wasn't gonna get back into it until. What's in your blood? It's in your blood, man. I mean, right, it, right. It, it's. I've always loved to create yeah. events. You know that, like this. It, I mean, when it's in your blood, it's in your right. Blood. You know, I've always loved to create events. Um, you know, Univision going to that when I was there, I remember going to their, I was four, I was 14, 16, went to their big festivals at massive festivals that they yeah. had at uh, Texas stadium, like hundreds of thousands of people would go. And then there that young, a lot of people don't know this. I said, one day I want, I'm going to put this together. One day I'm going to do events like this. And then I had the opportunity to go to Univision and guess what? I was able to do three of their big festivals and cool. You know, um, can you get into for me pretty cheap? <laughs> so, <laughs> but going to that, I was at Univision for about a year and a half. And again, 
here I am going through it with management. Um, they had a problem. At that time, I was at Univision, the marketing uh, guy, promotions guy over there for TV and radio. And at the same time, I was uh, uh, mixing on KISS FM. And um, they, again, the haters uh, started throwing, you know, salt my way. They started having an issue. And what a lot of people don't know that um, that I got to clear because I get a lot of questions on. They're like, my background, I am the official DJ for the FC Dallas Pro Team. Uh, I've been, you know, going on nine years, 10 years. So at every home game, I DJ and I MC before an hour and a half before the game kicks off. Um, you know, and so I've been part of that and it's the, it's the, it's the pro team has nothing to do with the youth side. So uh, from that opportunity, I've gotten to know a lot of the coaches too, because a lot of coaches take their kids, their players to FC Dallas games. And of course right. the FC Dallas coaches. Well, I was the FC Dallas DJ. I was a kiss FM DJ and people there within Univision started throwing, Hey, you know, your marketing guy is a DJ at kiss FM. Hey, do you know your marketing guy's also the DJ for FC Dallas? So then again, the general manager, vice president of Univision calls me in his office. And for almost over six, seven months, man, they gave me hell about being the official DJ of FC Dallas and for being a DJ on KISS FM. Uh, conflict of interest, oh, blah, 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 crap. So I was like, at point in my life, man, I said, you know what? I'm done with corporate I don't want to do this shit ever again. I want to do my own thing. I want to do my own thing. I'm done. It's going to be hard, but I'm done with corporate. I'm done with radio. I don't want to go back. I, a coach, Jesse Suarez, run into Jesse Suarez again. He's like, bro, why don't you do a tournament again? I'm like, man, it's a lot. It's a lot, man. He goes, man, he goes, do it. He goes, what you had, the mentality, the vision, the organization that you had, I got you. You know all these coaches are going to come back. I'll bring my teams. And all the coaches that you will bring our teams. You know the word spreads fast. So I, then I got with who's now one of my best friends. You know her, Alisa. You know, who helped me right. the last two years of Copa ESPN. I reach out to her and say, hey, will you join me? She's like, hell yeah, I got you. I mean, because... This girl has an MBA. She's really smart. Um, and she had my back at Copa ESPN the last two years. And she goes, absolutely. So I asked her, help me crunch numbers. Cool. We get the numbers down. Now, money, 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 money. We need some money, right? So, cool. We start looking. We start pitching it to a couple of investors. You know, and we had a couple in mind. You know, people were interested. But we wanted to go with the right person. And... While I'm jobless and thinking out what my next move in life is going to be, I get a call from who is now the third business partner that you also know, um, Sergio. And he goes, hey, how come you didn't tell me you were no longer at Univision? I'm like, eh, just blah. He goes, why don't you come over here with my brother and I? I'm like, dude, I have no idea about the printing business. He goes, don't worry about that. Just bring who you are, what you do, what you're about. You'll pick everything else up. Cool. But I also want to do this. Okay, cool. Me and my brother, we want to start getting ourselves in other things, which was agency and the tournament. So it's on me. They're like, you're the soccer guy. 
All of a sudden, I'm a soccer expert. I'm like, shit. Okay, pressure's on me. Coming up with a name back 2018, before 2018, uh, I already had a name and it wasn't Next Generation Cup. I switched it. I switched it. And this is where the name comes. A lot of people don't know this. This is the first time I'm telling it, other than people that follow Next Gen. When the US men's team got knocked out, that whole, when US made the whole US soccer look bad, when they got kicked out of the World Cup, you know, and my personal take on that was because they trusted the old school guys. They didn't believe in the next generation of guys uh, who are the McKinney's now, who are the guys that are now that because they thought they were too young. So that's when the whole thing, like, you know what? Next generation cup. What was the name before? Was there one? Uh, it was something cup. I can't remember exactly what it was, uh, but it was something cup. I wanted to keep it more like um, something Spanish, uh, uh, but something Spanish cup, like kind of flip like Copa ESPN, right. Copa ESPN kind of flip flop. Uh, but if I think about it, I'll, I'll say it. But, you know, that's where next generation came from, you know, because take, took me back to my vision. Let's focus on the next generation of kids that are ballers. You know, and let's expose them. Let's get them in front of the right people. Let's get them in front of the right coaches. Let's get them in front in front of the right clubs. You know, that's why it freaking irks me when these coaches say, they stole my players. Bitch, they don't belong to you. They belong to mom and dad. Right. You know, and that, and that really, I take that personal because it's like, that's, you're stopping that kid from growing, from developing. No offense, but... What else can you offer that kid other than him getting lost or behind in his development? Because, you know, the soccer range is getting smaller and smaller. Now they're saying if you're not at this age, oh, you're not going to make it. Yeah. We heard Kevin, you know, when they hit to a certain age, you see a huge difference. They either fall off or they're better. You know, as a coach that may have a mom and pop team out in, you know, East Denton or wherever, right? It's almost prideful. It's almost uh, a good thing. Right. Hey, you you produced David over here. Well, thanks. We're going to take him. You know, that's that's, that's good, right? Because right. there's teams, there's leagues and, and so forth that you'll never be able to get into because right. you're just a mom and pop team, right? Which you're producing great talent. You're a great coach. Well, I mean, you got to team up or you, your kid got over there. That's great. You know, one thing that I really enjoyed about Next Gen and, and being in, in, in other tournaments is the attention to detail yeah. that you guys have done. There's leagues like Copa Univision that our boys have done. And you pay attention to the detail. If you're doing a 7v7 tournament, that field has to be meant for 7v7 dimension, right? Right. It's got to be big enough. Right. You can't be doing the 7v7 on a 5v5 or a 4v4 field. Right. <laughs> that's, that's It's just chaos. Right, right. You know, and these kids work their butts off because they're competitive. You know, yeah. seven, eight-year-olds and, you know, even five, six-year-olds, they're competitive. They want to yeah. win. You know, yeah. they, they want to compete. Right. And it's not about the medals. It's really not at the end of the day as a parent. You know, the, to the kids, it's that's that's the glorious part of it. It's, it's what they, they work for. When you get a medal that's the size of a half dollar <laughs> that you can buy at Walmart, that's insulting, man. It's like, really? 
And then you have tournaments like yourself and others that really take pride in, in what these kids work hard for and the coaches train for. Mm-hmm. It's rewarding. It's like, why go the other route just for, like you said, for sales, just you, to get numbers? Correct. You know, you know, Manny, the, the best moment for me, um, next gen is now, it's a year, it's a year round job. And the best moment for me, like right now I'm a stress ball. Um, cause you know, you got next gen coming up May 18th through the 21st. Um, yes, it's a lot of stress. It's a lot of work, but the best part for me, Manny is at the very end when we get to put those medals on those kids, when the trophies, the faces, the, the, the look in their faces, yeah. you know, of accomplishment of, you know, we won what we've worked for, but they enjoy it. You know what? Maybe just for 10 minutes, they're right. happy. They're jumping, blah, blah, blah. And that's the best. That's the very, very best moment for me. <clears throat> yeah. When, when you see, these kids at the end, what they've worked so hard for, like what you just said, they've worked so hard for that. So to me, that's, that's the best part of doing this tournament, you know, because I'm glad you've, you've noticed it. And I know we're friends or whatever and bias or whatever, but it is like the, the, the meetings we have, uh, how passionate I am about it, you know, uh, my partner, Sergio and Alyssa, they know how I am, how detailed I am, how I want to be different. Uh, the number one question we get asked that I get asked is like, what's the difference between our tournament? What makes it so different than all the 30 tournaments that are in town? I tell you what it is, what you just said, the customer service part. Right. Because I, you can call me. I am available on the phone. I will answer the phone. I will answer your text messages. I will answer your emails. I will personally call you back. I will have a conversation with you for an hour, hour and a half and just talk soccer and just hear you out about your team. I'm not going to sit there and cut you off. That's where the investment comes. That's where you're paying and you know, human nature, anything we pay for, you're paying for a service. You're paying for a service. So why are we not going to reward those kids? Why are we not going to give them something cool? Right. And out of these trophies, all these trophies that you've won, coach, I want mine to stick out. I don't want to get a traditional cup. Eh, everybody does those. I want my trophy from next gen to be when people walk in like, damn, what, what, what tournament was that? I want for that, like Kevin said, it's that marketing part. I want for somebody that walks into somebody like Kevin's house and to say, damn, dude, that trophy right there. Oh, yeah, bro, that's next gen. And for him to talk the way you just talked about the tournament. Yeah. That's what it's about. Because you just talk. I don't want you to name the tournament that you're saying the little uh, Cracker Jack uh, medal that they give. Why not? Who cares? Let's do it. Correct. You know, so that, <laughs> and that's, you know, and that's important to me. Yeah, but it's, it, at the end of the day, it's not about the little medal, right? No, it's not. It's not. It, but <laughs> when these little guys right. work their asses off. Right. They want to get something, you know, that's correct, that they can be like, damn, we earned this, you know. And we want you, dad and mom, to walk away and say, you know what? Damn, look at these medals. Right. Look at this trophy. Look at this. 
this year, every single player and every single coach is getting, you know, a scarf. You know, I'm, 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 I'm gonna show it off to our TV people. You know, when you, everybody, you know, they're getting a, they're getting a, yeah, a, that's a awesome. scarf. Right. Everybody's getting a scarf. You know, the, 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 the coaches get a nice little lanyard with the manager. Get a nice little lanyard. There's not many tournaments to pay attention to. You know, a little. Lanyard and a scarf or something it's, that it's, they can put the kids can put on their backpack. But yeah, the tags. You know, it's it's right. special. You know, you make them feel special. You got you have to. You guys are the clients. You guys are the customers. I, you know, other than me, my job is to give you the competition. If you're coming from California, I want you to get that competition. You know, my my thing is when all these teams now that we're getting from across the nation, when I talk to the local teams, I'm like, hey, bro. You got, we got to keep the hardware here because if Cali comes and wins it easy or Florida comes wins it easy, they're not going to come back. They need to be challenged because it's a lot of money to come over here, right? So it's like they don't win, they'll come back. I have California teams right now that they're coming on their third year, third year coming back, right? you know, because they haven't, and I'm not talking bad about them, but they haven't been able to take the hardware back home. I mean, we've had a couple of them that have taken it back, but- a certain club and I'm not saying they're bad. They have great teams, but when you get here to North Texas and not to brag on North Texas, we've got some freaking amazing ballers in our backyard. And I, I'm being just honest about that. No. And that's one thing that's, that's prideful for a club, especially if you're local. So right. man, I, California going to come here and beat us, right? This right. is our backyard. Right. You know, these little guys have gone to, to Oklahoma and played a love, you know, a year up and, and right. have won. Yeah. I mean, for those terms, say, whoa, hey, where the hell did this come from? Where right. did this team come from? What are we doing? Right. You know, and that's what's important about these tournaments. Wait, what? And I got my little guy here. He wants to ask a question, but what do you like about a soccer tournament? Well, we all get to have fun and play. Yeah. With our friends and when we're in the hotel, we like play FIFA and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the cool thing about those out those right. teams from it's team bonding, man. Exactly, it's team bonding. There's a, there's a lot to do with that team bonding, and again, it's going back to what I said, creating an experience for these kids. It's all about them. But sometimes the way some parents and managers and coaches act, they forget why we're doing this. We're doing it for the kids. I understand, mom, dad, you get upset. You're upset because of the call, the refs, or whatever. But we got VAR now. And they still get it wrong on the VAR. So you don't think a guy that's getting paid 45 bucks, 55 bucks to ref a game is going to get it wrong? I mean, come on. Dude, how, 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 do, you, <laughs> how do you guys do that with the refs? It, you know, I feel bad for refs. Right. There was a shortage of refs. Well, last year what was it? Two years ago, there was a just bro. Those dudes' rates have gone up like tremendous, bro. It's like why these I mean, guys? Is it? Is it I feel bad for refs. I really do. I mean, parents are just yelling at refs, and some yell more than others. God, I feel bad. At- for attention guys. to detail. My ref assigner knows that if I have number one, number two in the nation, don't get fourteen-year-old kids to call those games. And that's a big problem. Correct. They, they, my Huge. ref assigner knows that. My ref assigner knows that. And at next gen, attention to detail. Even in the seven v seven. The seven-year-old, eight-year-old fields, you got three refs. We just did a tournament, and there was three kids that had to have been 16, 17, 15, 16 years old. Right. Some line judges in the, you know. And I'm like, at one point, the kid was looking at his phone, and I'm just like, 
you can't be mad, but there's gotta be. You gotta know how to mix them up. You gotta have a veteran. You know, I understand. But those they are the earn. things. It's like, come on, tournaments. Pay attention. Oh no, to we do. Details, oh, right? We do. We do. And I, I and I'm on my ref for signer. I mean, my ref for signer, he's great. Ramon Salgado, he's awesome. He's phenomenal. And everything I tell him, anything I tell him, of course, he's got a lot of refs that he's got to keep up with. But it's that attention to detail. That's, once, that's radio experience right there. Uh, you know, <laughs> for those of you that know, our video camera just went out. That's experience already right there. And, I, we? And, and, I'm, and I'm going with it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but one thing that I want to talk to that, that, that I need to mention that I think is important, Manny, before, we, you know, we wrap it up is, you know, one thing that going back to the next gen side of when we first started next gen. Um, it was hard. It really was hard because for some reason here in North Texas, it's like some of these guys think that like they're dons, like, you know, like mafia dudes, like, oh, you're coming new into our territory. Come kiss the pinky type stuff. No, man. No, not, not going to do that. And I wasn't going to do that. Why? I wanted, you've going back to my radio side, my DJing career. You've known that I've always been the guy to not do what everybody else is doing, what any other DJ is doing. We've always taken the chance of creating our own brand. And we created a brand back in our radio DJ. My DJ name is a brand. The name of the group is a brand. You know, the, the, the records that we made is a brand. But creating something like that, they were like upset. Like, who are these guys? That, bro... We've gotten called thugs. We've gotten called drug dealers. We've gotten called every single name in the book, you know, uh, because it exists. And I want to talk about it because it still exists. That stereotype, man. And I'm the last guy that will bring the race card out. But it was tough, man. You know that our first year at Next Gen, it got canceled because of rain. You know what? I remember that couple of years. I was like, damn. It rained out our first year. It was raining again. Yes. Yeah. And we got the most expensive venue and which is one of the most beautiful ones moneygram and we canceled we didn't give a trophy we had teams from mexico guadalajara we had chivas i mean we had our first year we had 96 teams 96 teams year what you, two what do you say to those coaches at that point? dude we got blasted we got killed on social media that this tournament blah blah I, hello north texas i can't control the weather you should have backup fields. And again, backup fields where? Correct. What people don't understand is there's fees, upfront fees that got to be paid. Ref assigners, you know, your scheduler, the venues, the insurance, uh, police, the tents, the golf carts. There's a lot of upfront money that goes out, you know, and we canceled. Second year comes out. Second year comes out. Again, it rains. Yeah, I remember that. Again, it rains. But this time we learned from year one. We had semi backup fields. It was a mess. We did our best. But guess what? North Texas saw that we tried. That we tried. We did. We got some games in. We really didn't crown some champions on the ones that we could finish. Because where we had local, we finished those and we crowned champions. So year two, again, we did not finish a tournament. Year three. How stressful is that? Oh, you have no idea, Manny. Like, like you just want to, 
you let so many teams down, you work so hard, you put it together and you, so many hours, again, the sweat, blood and tears, just making so many calls, putting it together. And it's like, people were like, dude, just throw the white, throw the towel in. No, hell no. That's not my DNA. Right. So we go year three comes, everything's going good. Year three is not really three for you, though. It's This is, what, year 10 well, yeah. in, in that game? But right? next gen. Right, right. Year right. three. Literally a tornado <laughs> hits the city, the Metroplex. Literally, I was at UTD. That's when we did it at UTD. Literally, porta potties, shit flying in the air, picking it up. We were in the van. If you would have thought there was a sign, maybe there was a sign. Yeah. I right? mean, it was like the soccer gods were against us, like, completely against us we were hyping up the tournament this is a year this is a year um and utd doesn't have the sophisticated alarm systems like everywhere else so yes people we saw the big black clouds coming and then all of a sudden it just bah, you know it the wind was so powerful it lifted up the porta potties like it, it yeah it was bad you know so again there goes the tournament, year three. Um, we didn't, we didn't give any trouble. What like, were your partners saying at this point? At, at this point, I because mean, because this is an investment three years in. Right? Correct. So again, we lose. Um, but between all three of us, that's why it's great to have great partners that you believe in each other. Um, that is there any point of doubt? Like, fuck this, I'm done. Not for me. Not from me and not from Sergio, not from Melissa. We know what our potential is. We know right. what we can bring to the table. We know. Um, but it was frustrating. It was really, really frustrating uh, of where we were, how it was, right? Um, and we weren't able to crown again. Champions, nothing on year three again. Year four comes. We, we got to get innovative. We got to get creative. And we finally were able to give away. And year four, we got some rain, but we were able to play through it. Um, and we finally were able to crown champions, medals in all of our age categories. And at this time, people like, man, I don't know, man, because it's rained. You need to pick another weekend. I mean, people, just coaches, managers, parents, like coaches were telling me, man, my parents don't want to pay because, you know, it's going to rain you know you guys are going to keep half of the money which by the way we don't believe in that we don't believe in that credit bullshit oh you already paid us we're going to keep it as credit and i'm not talking about bad about it but I, it's just personally i don't believe in that bullshit um again you're paying for a service um so so what do you do you refund not all of it we do our best right you know we do our best because again there's upfront costs Makes you know, sense, and there's, right. and there's rules, cool. there's rules. And that's where, but going back to sanctioning, that's where it protects you too, gotcha. of where the rules, because you're a sanctioned team. And if you don't want to take, if you don't want to pay me and you complain or you call and fight that credit card charge, then I can go to North Texas and say, Hey, this team didn't pay me. We did pay. They played one or two games, but we got the game and this is how much we're refunding, but they don't want to. So I can report them and, you know, it goes into that. But it's never come down to that. But for the first three years, man, we got shitted on. We got, you know, I mean, it was it, it was bad. It was really, really horrible, man. And the year that we did it, man, 
I had all these California teams, the top teams coming. We were out in the field, all of California, Florida, all across the country. They're looking at their weather map and they're like, bro, (laughs) we see nothing but red. (laughs) That's about to hit this whole weekend. We've already got our flights. We've got our, we've already got everything, right? So I'm out there at the field and I'm, I'm on the phone with, uh, with Alyssa and Sergio. I'm like, what do you guys want to do? They're like, it's up to you. So right then and there, I'm like, you know what? F it. Let's go. Went on Facebook Live. Tournament's happening. We're doing this. We went through it. We went with our guts. And we were finally able to crown champions, give out trophies, give out medals. That feeling, bro, like I literally had tears in my eyes, man, because so much work that we put into this, the dream, the vision that I've had for a long time. Right. Finally paid off. Finally got there. You know, so if when people... when I'm I, emotional just hearing the story. Like, wow. Right. So when people That's, don't... When people sit there and say, you know, I always tell people, it's not about the money. It's not, you know, we're, we're here long term. It's an investment. You said it earlier. Right. We're, we're, at the end of the day, we're business people. You know, soccer, you soccer is a business. But... If we wanted to be millionaires, okay, let's go do 20 tournaments a year. But we don't. We want to create one good one, one good tournament for our city, like you said, and for California teams, these top teams to say, you know what? Let's go to Dallas, Texas. Let's go to Dallas, Texas. That's the whole point. Our Dallas teams, our top teams travel all over the country. It's their time other than Dallas Cup because only a handful of our teams from our backyard get to play in Dallas Cup. Yeah, it's more of an international tournament. Right, it's an international tournament. Right. So let's get these national teams that are good, that are ballers, to come start coming to our backyard. And now the finalists are all right local teams. Right, right. <laughs> so an amazing, an amazing feeling. And then, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, that was year three and then year two and then because last year was the second time where we were able to do trophies and we were kind of prepared. So last year was only the second time that there was actual. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. You know, so it, it, it was, it's been tough, man. To and, those teams that have no clue. Right? Yeah. But, so these parents, you know, of what we've gone through and you know, that there's still a lot out there, uh, investment wise. Um, but we're, we're here. We're not going anywhere. Um, people think that there's red tape. People think that we have the big investors, the, the big guys with the big checks. It's us three, man. There's nobody behind us. There's nobody that we've got to ask permission for, uh, like all these other guys do. This is a mom and pop operation, two par- three partners that are actually friends that believe in this vision that believe in connecting these kids from all over the country and to get an opportunity to play against the top teams because there's other tournaments that don't give you that opportunity because of whatever political reasons. There's a tournament that's happening on the same weekend. They're offering half price. They're like, if you leave, if you walk out of an next gen, we'll give it to you half price. But guess what, man? We have built something good that makes me happy. These teams tell me, they're like, but you know what? My players, my parents, and I love this tournament because of the organization, because of the 
just the festival area, the food, the presentation. You know, and, and at the end of the day, it's yeah, you're another tournament. You're not making money that weekend, but what is the point? You know what I'm saying? Why why are you trying to take teams from another tournament when this tournament respects other people's tournaments, right? You know, you're going to look at a calendar and be like, you know what, yeah, this this date works perfect. There's not a lot going on. You know, because obviously I'm sure you do that, right? You know, you go through the calendar like this is a perfect date. There's not a lot going on. I don't need to go take teams from this tournament because if you build it, they will come. Correct. You know, what's cool about this tournament that's unique is that the way these teams are formed, the way these brackets are formed, right? nobody does that. Nope. We do the draw. Yeah. Kind of which, World Cup style. Exactly. We're the that's, only tournament in the country streamed, that does it. Which is really cool that people can see. Right. The and we, we created a nice coin. I want to leave a legacy. You know, I have kids. And if they want to run the business after I'm gone with my partners and they're still here, then my partners know that right off the bat that I want my kids part of this right and i only have one of my twins that she's like okay do Sergio on a listen no i said yes you know she goes because i got a lot of ideas you know so she's the one that's really interested <laughs> awesome. but that's but to me it, personally it's important because that you know m- my father um i gotta i get emotional man um take your time brother you're good that that was the last time, you know. He's looking down at you right now and he's proud of you, bro. <laughs> That's the last time I got to see my dad. He worked it. Three months later, he was gone. So I get emotional, man. I mean, I'm 46, but he... He laid the, the groundwork uh, for what I'm doing. And that's why the legacy is important to me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, no, no, I, I remember. He, he, he would say those things. You got to work hard for it. You got to push it. You got to grind. You got you to go get it. Yeah, man. So that's, that's why it's, in, it's very personal. That's why I couldn't quit. Yeah. Uh, because that's one thing that he taught me uh, growing up in the 90s uh, in the Bachman Lake Luffield area. It wasn't easy. Uh, and then he chose a better life for me, my sister, uh, to move us out of that Bachman Lake area um, and to see a better uh, future. Uh, and he always told me, don't, if you don't like working for other people and you don't with your ideas you need to get your own stuff going so with the tournament the agency that's that's me and that's what I do full time now the tournament and the agency and um it's it's tough man you know and that's why I couldn't quit really that's why I couldn't quit I wasn't gonna quit um because I had to do it. I had to keep going. And that was the last time I shared something with him. Because right after that, he got really sick. Uh, you know, stage four cancer. It took him away uh, quick. Two months after it. He was sick during the tournament. He just didn't tell anybody. 
And he didn't feel good the whole three days out there. And I told him, go home. But he wouldn't. That was just my dad. You know my dad. Um, so he helped us drive these teams around. Uh, these teams that were coming from out of town, he was our driver, taking them from the airport, from the hotel, and whatever I needed. He was, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? What do you need? And he was happy. He saw it. <clears throat> and that's one thing I can say that I've known you long enough that you don't look at this as a way to make money. It's always been you want a platform, a place for kids that mm -hmm. don't have the opportunity mm -hmm. to go play and show those other clubs what they can do. Mm -hmm. And those kids get opportunities, and that's what this whole point of this tournament is, right? right? right. Every tournament has a vision. Right. What is the vision in the future now? Because I've known that I've seen a couple of things that you, it looks like you're venturing out to, to the West Coast now and the East Coast. What's the vision for Next Gen now? The vision is to continue to grow. The vision is to uh, not stop. The vision is to uh, go across the nation. We've got Miami, uh, the Miami Classic, uh, who's growing, uh, who we've partnered up with. So that's an East Coast qualifier. Um, so if you play in Miami Classic and you win it, is it an open it, opportunity it for next gen? guarantees you a spot to next gen. Gotcha. Guarantees you a spot. Free? Because, uh, yes. So basically for three age groups, because right now- What are those age groups? Currently, God, of course you were going to catch me. I think it's 12, 13, and 14 year olds. Okay. Um, but that is the whole point, to continue growing opportunities to go, you know, for them. Uh, next gen champs. Uh, here in that age group go over there and they play free over there. So they get their opportunity. All they got to take care of is their travel. In Miami, if you've never been to Miami, you got to go. It's a growing tournament. It's a great tournament. And now we're pre teaming up with California for the West Coast that we just did. Again, uh, the people that I partnered up with are like, man, sorry. And I'm like, bro, I struggle to get in 32 teams. All we need, what I've learned all we need is eight teams, and we can grow from there. If we get eight teams in one age group, we'll grow from there. I've learned. I've got some tricks in my pocket. And he, they were a little bit disappointed because of the turnout because they had crazy floods over there. And yeah, I think I remember yes, seeing they, it. They, they had crazy rains. So we had to move locations, and the fields were not all that. I meant to ask you that, but okay. It's they, they weren't all that. But the beauty I loved about these California teams, man, and I'm going to call out the, you know, our backyard. These guys were playing in puddles. These, the lines, because we had to do them ourselves manually because it was a last minute complex. You know, FAAC, love you guys. Junior, Danny, Kevin, boy, them guys with some Jedis. And they showed up. The, the rain, we couldn't. I was out there squeegeeing rain off the field, water, literally. But they played. Hey, guys, we're going to have to shorten the 7v7 fields because it's a puddle. Teams were like, okay, cool. So one, we were able to play legit. The other one, we squeezed it. And the 11-11 field, we had to make it happen with three fields, bro. The tournament with three fields. One 11-11 and the two 7v7s. And that's how, that's, that's how we made it happen because that, you know, we just made it happen. And the 11-11s, the, 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 the they were slipping and sliding, bro. And they weren't complaining. The coaches, the parents. And this is California. This too, is in California. Is rare for which, so much rain. Correct. So they were down with it. I mean, it's an experience as kids. 
They made it happen. We did it. You know, one of those champs is coming over to play in next gen. You know, the other ones couldn't make it, but the one team that's coming, it's a, it's a strong team. So we're going to grow from that. Right. So the, my goal is for 2024, I mean, 2025 is to go to, um, no, 2024. 24, right. Yeah. To go to the South. Bro, don't jump ahead. Yeah. Did we lose a year? To, to, to jump the South. You know, get the South. I partnered up with Oklahoma this year at one of their showcases, one of the clubs. Um, that's what we're going to hopefully strengthen that partnership as well. So the goal is that, you know, North, South, East, West, uh, next gen qualifiers um, and just partner up and go just across the tension to to come here and obviously cross promote their tournaments to help them grow their tournaments as well. Right. And, you know, show the love, you know, because social media, our social media is pretty strong um and how we post and i don't have a problem showing love to these other tournaments but that's that's the whole thing here you know i always say bro here in north texas for whoever's listening there's a table big enough for all of us to eat there is just some of these guys man they just for some reason they start getting upset because you're touching their money or that money belongs to them. It's like, man, come on. Again, why are we doing this? We're doing this for the kids. Yes, it's a business. I'm not going to sit here and deny that. But come on, man. You know, it, it's, it's, let's get these kids. Let's get these kids to remember. My thing is for my goal, dude, it's not just for a player to become international to play at Next Gen. My goal is when that international kid gets interviewed and says, what was the best youth tournament you've ever played? Then I can die after that for that kid to say next generation cup. Then I'm gonna drop the mic, I'm out. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna retire like Kevin with those Ditas and just boom <laughs> and just chill and be like, yeah, what up? We did it. We did it, right? But that that that's that's the thing, you know. It, it's it, it's just so much behind it, man. And you know, very fortunate of the people I have supported up foremost, the coaches. Uh, that continue to believe in what we have going. Uh, the parents that I've made relationships with, the managers, um, you know, over 300 teams, top 10 tournament in the nation within five years. So tell me who can do that after three rainouts. Right. It goes to the hard work effort that we put behind the scenes, you know, from hotels to the scarves to the posts. Oh to the coins to you name it right but i mean i know we got to go we've, we've already talked too much man <laughs> this is no red cards podcast number three thank you guys for joining us on this podcast where we really got to know our partner here roger sosa and and, and basically the growth of a really really prestigious tournament here in dallas fort worth uh that is really looks out for the kids and the youth uh, in, in the soccer community. Thank you guys. Social media for you guys to get a hold of us. Uh, no red cards uh, podcast number ten. Um, you can also hopefully hear YouTube. We, we're gonna you know upload these podcasts on YouTube, and we're gonna have to cut out the grown man crying. Uh, you <laughs> know, getting his get, 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 get in his feelings. But you know, I just want to say thank you to everybody and. Again, this was unplanned for us to talk, you know, for us to talk about next gen. Unfortunately, our guests uh, couldn't make it last minute. 
Um, but again, thank you guys uh, for the love, the support. Share the podcast. Let people know about the podcast. If you're a coach that wants to be part of it, reach out to us. Uh, we're going to try to get everybody on the show to show love, uh, what you have going on, where you come from, because this platform is really here for the coaches and for players, ex-players, whatever it may be for them to come share their story of success, of them being in this brutal, brutal, but yet loving sport that we love, which is youth soccer. Yeah, if you're a coach or a team and you have, you feel that you have the best pathway for a youth soccer player uh, at any age, no red card podcast, yes, hit sir. the social media websites and let us know. Holler at us. Yes, sir. All right, man. Until episode four. Little, See ya. Little Jay, you want to say anything? You want to say goodbye? Bye. <laughs> <laughs>